104 Points Online. We are honored that you're joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and choose to get there as well. We are so excited to hear a powerful message from God's Word today. I am pumped about today. I'm pumped about what's about to happen. And I can't wait to share this with y'all because I've been bottled up for months about this message. And so um, it's actually this series about what I believe the Lord has shown me and has challenged me. And so hopefully it'll challenge you and it won't. Phew, and miss you all together because I can understand how that happens. That was me in school. Anyway, moving on. How many of y'all, and this isn't part of the message, I just have to get my ADD stuff out of the way. How many of y'all uh, love Thanksgiving? Show of hands. You love the season, you love Thanksgiving? Well, praise the Lord. Keep your hands up. Put your hands down if you play Christmas music during Thanksgiving season. Put them down. If you'll play Christmas music before Thanksgiving, Put them halfway up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Put them back up if you love Thanksgiving and Christmas music. I'm sorry. You love to play Christmas music right now. Now listen, keep them up because I got to rebuke y'all. Rebuked. Y'all got to quit being mean to the pilgrims. They didn't do nothing to y'all. Y'all forget them. I love Christmas music on Christmas Eve. I heard some groans. Don't be mad. Oh, I'm just messing. Uh, Hillsong's got a new Christmas album out, so I'm excited about Christmas worship music for the first time because gee, sometimes it's not awesome. Anyway, moving on. Away in a manger. All right, moving on. Just sorry. That's, that has nothing to do with this message. Nothing at all. I really do love Thanksgiving, though. I love um, celebrating Thanksgiving probably because I like to eat, and I know that comes as a surprise with my Olympic-like physique. I can't get some of y'all to laugh at any jokes, and y'all just laughed at that one. <laughs> Gracious, my feelings are hurt. Anyway, I love to eat, and I love uh, family, and then I love football, so that's good stuff, right? We get to eat and then be lazy and stay in our PJs and watch football all day to God be the glory. And if you don't like to eat family or football, I guess you move on to Christmas. <laughs> but it's fun. But here's the reality is just because we love Thanksgiving and we get to celebrate it and we tell people, we'll text everybody that day, we're thankful for you and we'll do all this stuff. And in this time of year, it seems like because it's that season, we'll be a little bit more thankful. The reality is that doesn't mean that we're thankful, does it? As a matter of fact, we walk away from a grateful heart if anything comes against us. Because having a thankful heart or giving thanks isn't really about... <laughs> turkey and pilgrims, right? It's not about football. It's not about all those things at all. It's about our hearts. And it's difficult. And, and all of y'all are probably familiar with Psalm 100, but this is where the, the, the series is really going to be founded on. Every week, I will read this. I will not preach this verse every week, but it will be based on this. Because the Bible says that we enter into his gates with? Say it again. And then we enter his courts with? Praise. Praise. And we give thanks, which would be a cool name for a series, to him, bless his name. About three of y'all got it. You can tap your neighbor and say, I got it. <laughs> but the problem with this is, 
that most of us are willing. Now, I need y'all to catch this because if you miss this, you might be real lost during the message. Most of us will give thanks in here and say, God, thank you. Even probably you'll participate when worship is happening, when our worship leaders are leading us to sing to God. But as soon as we leave here, we find the immediate thing that we're not thankful for, and that is accented in our lives. It's the thing that our brains focus on. And y'all, that is natural. That's what humans do. But if thanksgiving is not my culture, my heart, what comes out of me, then I don't access his gates and then praise him and go to his courts. So I want to start with this picture that hangs in my office. This was my grandfather's. He pastored for 55 years. He put this up in his office in 1976. <laughs> that just eliminated a bunch of us because you're like, I don't know about 1976. I was not alive until four years later, so don't feel bad. But this is a really cool picture because it's the picture of the tabernacle when the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness and he got it in Israel. In 76, and, and, it's, and it's a work by this dude, I don't know his name, but I, you, it's small print, I won't try to read it. But this is what I love about it. Y'all look at this. This is a picture of the Israelites' tents when they set up because they were wandering through the wilderness, but they still set up the tabernacle, the place that they could worship God. Can y'all see what this is right here? If you can see it, say yes. I heard only knows. This is a little door. It's, got, it's a curtain that you can walk into this big open area. Can y'all see it now? Maybe a little bit. Pretend that you can see it and know that it's a door. This right here is a door. And then this, with the light coming down, if y'all can't see it, let me turn it this way and this way. This is the courts. This is the place where God does business. It is the holy of holies is kept here. This is the picture of the gates and the courts. I love it because I think about it all the time, and I think about it differently since God showed me this. Because I've read Psalm 100 dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Even if I wasn't reading the Bible, someone will post it around Thanksgiving, right? But, but it took on a new meaning because... How many of y'all know that just because I'm in this fence doesn't mean that I'm in here? Can y'all tell that? That there's a different type of thing that has to happen to go from one to the other. And that's really what this whole series specifically today is the opener to understand what this is all about. Because in the next few weeks, we're going to look at why we don't go in. But today is how we go in. Today is what it's like, listen, to have access to God at all times. And so a couple things have to happen. I've got to go in the gate. And then I've got to go in the court. So the title of the message today is The Entrance to walk in, to become, to, to be a part of the entrance. And I'm really, really, really pumped. I hope y'all will lean in. This is what I need y'all to do with me. I really am asking y'all to lean in and begin to understand what it's like to walk with God. Because here's the tension. Here's the tension. Most of us in this room have probably had access to something about God. Even if you'd never go to church, you've probably had access to something about God. So even if you've chosen to reject the story of the good news of Jesus and the truth that he can be life in your name, that, that if you trust him, you are alive in him. Even if you've chosen to reject that, you had access to the entrance of a relationship with him because that's what all this is about. But just because you've had access to the entrance doesn't mean that you've learned what it's like to fellowship and walk. And that's where most of us get stuck. By the way, if you remember the picture, there's a big fence around and there's a court. And then there's the courtroom or the, or the place that you hang out in the park area. 
But that doesn't mean that you go in and, and always have access inside. Something has to happen. And that's what we're going to look at. So the entrance. Psalm 100. We're going to read the whole thing. It's only five verses. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Can I stop right there and tell you all something about joyful? Just say yes, because I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> the word joyful noise does not mean you can sing good. Because here's the deal. It's not a, this isn't, that's not singing. In the Hebrew, it's the word ruah. Say ruah. Like R-U-A, ruah. It's not hard. This is not a big Hebrew word. Ruah. And it means to sound an alarm. It says joyful, not good. When my alarm goes off in the morning, y'all better talk to me. It ain't good. Some of y'all are morning people. We love you and rebuke you in Jesus' name. Same people that like Christmas music beforehand. We know who you are. Like, like this is the deal. This is the deal. An alarm is not meant to be a melody unless you're a morning person. My alarm in college did this. And it was the most god-awful, annoying. And it just went off. And my roommate would throw stuff at me until I would hit the snooze button and then would do it again. We have to go through this process. Because I, I, I don't really love to get up. You know what I mean? Like, praise the Lord for the pillow and the snooze button. But, but when you sound an alarm... Like, like, if I was trying to get all of y'all to fight in a battle, if I sounded an alarm like this, okay, here we go. Right, y'all are ready. Y'all are fired up. We're going to go kill the enemy. But isn't that kind of how we are? Isn't that, the, isn't that the tone that we take in our lives is we're so afraid of what they'll think. And I'm talking about the, the outside world, everybody that doesn't know Jesus, Anybody that might think we're weird, that we'll just kind of be passive and go. And I'm not asking y'all to drive down the road and be an alarm with everybody. Like, please, if you want to, you can just video it, right? But, but I mean in our hearts, the, 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 the measure of our hearts, what, what we are responding in is what we are. So, so the moment that I get up, even if I'm not a morning person, and when I decide in my own heart and then believe it in my mind and have, the, and have it come and go that this is going to be a crappy day, then I forget that this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice that word. Rejoice is not a beautiful song. It is ruah. I will rejoice. I will sound the battle cry that Jesus has already done it and I get to walk in it. I'm already preaching. Say amen. Here we go. Y'all don't have to say amen. I'll just say, say amen. amen, pastor. Here we go. Serve the Lord with Let's do it again. Serve the Lord with gladness. How many of y'all have ever been involved in something where people are asked to serve? Just, just raise your hand. You don't have to talk. No, y'all don't want to talk. You asked to serve. Whew. Like, praise God that that's not the case here. I mean, I mean it with all my heart. We got some amazing volunteers, and they don't gripe, and they're not disgruntled and angry. But if you get around most places, and they're asked to serve, it's like really fun for about an hour. And then it is, ah, because all you hear is grumbling. Well, they got to serve better than I got to serve. They got to do this job, and I got to do this job. None of y'all been there before. Y'all can't stay quiet if I'm telling the truth, and I say yes. yes. Because we don't, we don't associate gladness and serving. I get with gladness. <laughs> yes, I'll take that present. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I'll take more. Thank you, Lord. But, but serving? Survey says no. Right? And so he starts us off with sound an alarm, and then he gets it right, in, right after that, serving with gladness. Why? This is weird, God. Come before him 
we're singing. Then we get to sing after we've sounded the alarm. And so by this point, we're tired, right? We don't feel like doing anything. God, can I just go back to sleep? My kids are getting on my nerves. Life is falling apart. My world's crashing around. Why would I want to serve with gladness or sing? Can she just sing to me because you sing good? Yes. And if you're talented, you should have to do it, right? So when I serve with gladness, it should be off my gift. Do y'all agree? Well, it should be off my gift, but I should serve with a grateful heart no matter if it's something I'm good at or not. So when I sing, when the microphone's not muted, y'all can tell. You don't have to stay silent. It ain't the gift that keeps on giving all year long. That's the Jelly of the Month Club. This is something totally different. Some of y'all are asleep, but that's all right. That was a good one, Pastor. It says, know that the Lord is... Like, know that the Lord is God. Have it up here that no matter what you're going through, he's God and he's got it covered. Know that the Lord is God. Because it's he that made us, not me that made him. I'm not the idea. I'm not the finish line. It's God that made me, and I'm just one of his sheep. I'm his people. I'm the sheep of his pasture, which means the shepherd's got it covered if I'll just have the awareness in my life to go where the shepherd calls me to go and to come where the shepherd calls me to come. So when I have a mindset problem, it is net, listen to this, it's never my circumstances. I don't care what the circumstances are. I need y'all to hear this no matter how bad they are. And I know some of y'all are going through hell and back right now. But your circumstances aren't what keeps you from gladness. It's you walking away from God that keeps you from gladness. And it's me. Because there's many times, I'm going to ask my wife not to say amen right now, that I don't have a grateful heart. And, and at that point, what I've decided in my heart, now this is huge if y'all can get this as we continue. What I've decided in my heart is I got it covered or I have to cover it. Not I'm going to go where my father said to go. Well, how can I know where he said to go? That's awesome. Thank you for asking. Verse 4 says, enter his gates with? And into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Why should we do this? Because the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever. And it's for you and I. And there's, when I'm his, when I follow Jesus as my Savior, Romans 8 tells us that there's nothing I can do to separate me from his love. So at that point, when I feel like God's far from me, it's never him. It's always me. Because God is, I'm going to use a big church word, but, but it's easy to understand. God is omnipresent, which means he's always everywhere, which means he's always with you. But that doesn't mean that you're always with him. We always have access to walk away from him or walk in. And I'm about to show you that and it's real good. But as soon as I forget his goodness and his steadfast, his, his persevering, chasing, wonderful love for me, then I operate hoping to gain it, hoping to impress you and missing the whole point of I'm already there in Christ. And I just want to add this and I'll keep going. If we look around and we see the generation of teenagers, which there's some awesome teenagers in this room and kids in our schools, college students, everybody talks about the word millennials. It's overdone, to be honest with you. But if we look at the generation younger than us and then all the way down to the babies, and then we consider that they're going to have them too someday, so the generation and the next generation, our children and our children's children, and we think that the way we've been doing it is going to get to them. The only thing I want to do is put a stop to it if we keep doing it the way we're doing it because we're showing them what it's like to bring hell to earth, not heaven to earth. But, but it doesn't have to be that way, y'all. We can change all of this because we have access to him. 
and it doesn't have to be the way that it's always been. But we have to operate from his love that endures forever, remembering that. And then, here you go, we must enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So, the gates and the courts. Gates and the courts. I love to study old kingdoms. Do any of y'all ever like watching the shows? Or I might be the only nerd in the room. That's okay. I'll admit it. I love to study history. I love to study, I'm talking about way, way back. Pre-Jesus days, way back. Study. And what's so fascinating about it is how powerful these kings really were. Because if a king made a decree and sealed it with his ring, nothing could go against it. It was impossible to go against it. That's why God's decrees or his word is so valuable and important because he can't break his own law. He's God. That's good, pastor. Keep going. Thank you. So only a certain, listen, only a certain number of people had access to the king. And those people were the people that were in the royal family, the governors of certain places, and they got to go in what was called the court, right? Because in the king's court, his throne sat and his high-ranking official sat, and then only the people that were invited in got to go into the courts because all the people that were his people got to go in the gates. They got to be outside the courts. They got to know what the king had proclaimed, but not everybody got to go in where the decisions were made, where influence happened, where life was moved and changed because it's in the courts that everything changes. And that's literally what our Bible says because the Bible says, listen, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's the court that we get to have access to all the time. But this is what the mindset of the church, and I'm talking about capital C, not y'all alone, not me alone. The whole world, this is what we think about God. He's the dude that we get to talk to when the preacher's talking. He's the dude that we should pray to only when I need something so I can grab it. But not a 24-7 opportunity to steadily walk with him. Because there's a difference between having a relationship and a fellowship, and that is what those two words are about. The minute that I walk into the gates of the Lord, I've gotten a relationship, but it's only in the courts of the Lord that I fellowship or walk with him. I want y'all to know that we find freedom in the courts. Now, now that doesn't mean salvation. Salvation happens the minute that I trust Jesus, but we walk in, I, I could word this better, we walk in freedom in the courts of the Lord. Can I show it to you? 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 says, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not, what's the word? Say it out loud. So that you will not, so you won't sin. But if anyone does, and guess who that anyone is? That's all of us. We all will sin. We have an advocate. Someone say advocate. That's a lawyer. That's a friend who speaks on your behalf who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. This verse tied in with the courts, when you understand the big picture, is thinking amazing. And I want to tell you why. So, how many of y'all have ever, <laughs> y'all don't have to raise your hands. I don't know if I can get anybody to cooperate and participate with me today. Do, do any of y'all watch SVU? You can just say yes. Or, or one of the law and orders. I see some fans in the back. Come on now. Lee and I have been married for over 16 years, and it's been on longer than that. It was already reruns when we got married. And we've been watching it. We love it. I mean, it's like we said when we were about 25, I guess we've officially hit old people status because we, we, would, we would eat our dinner and get in front of the TV and watch SVU because we just love it. <laughs> yeah, sad. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't 
don't know how realistic the big courtroom and that thing's like, but I love the stories and all that stuff. And, and so I love to watch when certain ones of the lawyers that are just actors and they come in and they fight this case out and it's such a big deal and they're prosecuting and there's a defense. But I've had to have the opportunity or responsibility in most cases to be a witness in a lot of really heavy cases. I'm talking about heavy, heavy, heavy cases where I've had to speak on behalf of certain people. But here's what I've learned going to the Spartanburg County Courthouse or the Greenville County or wherever I've ended up going because one time it was out of state. I, I've, learned, I've learned this, that it's really not about the case that matters. It's about the lawyer. That if you have a great defense attorney and you're being accused, it ain't like, I've actually witnessed a prosecutor see who comes in the courtroom and go, <laughs> because of, of who was the advocate for that person. Because no matter what the charges are against me, if I've got a good enough person that is pleading on my behalf and, and they know the judge and they've got the deal and they've got the goods on them, then they can get me off of what I'm being accused of. I need to tell you all this. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser and every day he accuses you and you hear it. Whether it's never audible but it's, it's, it's what's in our minds and it chews at us and eats at us and we know how awful we are and, and we keep that on top of us and we constantly have to hang over our heads what we used to be, what we know he's called us today and what he's telling us about our future because he accuses you. He's prosecuting your case, telling you how awful you are. But 1 John 2 says that Jesus speaks on my behalf to God the Father and guess what happens when he speaks? He says you're, you're innocent. It doesn't matter. You're not found guilty of what I'm actually giving guilty of because the blood of Jesus washes me clean. The reason the courts are so big, y'all, is because the day I get saved, I need, this is huge if y'all can get this. The day I get saved, the minute that you say, I choose to follow Jesus, your sins are forgiven past, present, and future. But only when I choose to daily go in the courts, to daily Every day go into his courts. Do I believe that? Because I constantly remind myself what I'm being accused of unless I sit with my father who I have access to through Jesus who speaks on my behalf. I don't have to go to God alone. I've got one who was perfect, who never sinned, and who died for my sin, who's speaking for me. There's never been a better lawyer. I don't care if y'all dial all nines or call Joe Bieber. He ain't as good as Jesus. Y'all know y'all love this. All nines. But it matters who's representing you. And I'm here to tell y'all today, the reason the courts are important is we find freedom in there because it's not what you have sometimes, it's what you believe. And the minute that you went into his gates, because that is salvation walking into his, being one of his, you had freedom, but that doesn't mean you're walking in it. And I only walk in it when I know who's representing me and that I get to leave knowing I'm not being accused because the accuser can't stand up to the name of Jesus. He pleads my case before the Father. I, listen to me, I don't care what you've done. If you tell me the most God-awful thing in the whole world that you've done, if you go into the Lord's gates and then you enter his courts, you're forgiven. And the Bible says that my sin is blotted out, that I'm looked at as clean as snow, as beautiful and made new as snow. 
that the Lord puts my sin as far as the east is from the west, that he chooses not to ever remember it again or bring it up. But you will when you choose to walk away from God and do it on your own. Let's keep going. This, y'all, this is so good. Let us then draw, or excuse me, with confidence. It says, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. So here you go, here you go. When is our time of need? This is not a trick question. Every day, all day, always, every time, any time, all the time. I always need God. But here's the deal, here's the deal. People feel weird because they're like, so what's different about you while I'm in the courts? You ain't got to talk about that, y'all. Like, I don't have to walk up to people and say, Pastor, what's happened different than you? You show grace than you didn't used to. Courts, that, nah. -uh. I'm not asking y'all to sit around and go, home. Everybody do this, home. Not asking you to do that. That's weird, okay? You can if you want to. I'm not mad at you. Just like you sound the alarm. But that's not the point. The point is to have an awareness and then to come before him in thanksgiving because of my heart and then enter his courts with praise. My heart praises even if it's not in song. His presence fills a room when we make a joyful noise, when he inhabits the praises of his people, but he'll inhabit your home if you're thanking God. Well, pastor, if you saw my situation, you wouldn't thank him. You're still thinking wrong if we think that way. It's not about my circumstances. It's about my God who made everything. Y'all, he spoke and light came out of his mouth at light speed. Every star in the sky is hung by him. The Bible says that the universe is held in the palm of his hand, and yet we think our problem's so big we have to tell him about it. I just get to go in the courtroom and let him plead my case. I don't have to beg God for what's promised me. He said, seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to me. I'm, I'm not worried about things anymore. I'm going to him boldly and saying, access whatever door is mine in my life, and I'm going to go through that, and whatever's not, shut it, because I want what you got for my life. This is how I walk in freedom. Number two, it's also, it's not just how I daily walk in freedom. It's also how I know, somebody say no, no. that I know my purpose and my destiny. It's where they're found, y'all. Because here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. I believe that if you got a picture of Christianity, and we could see in the spiritual realm, which would be really weird. We wouldn't want to do that because it would scare us to death. But if we could see in the spiritual realm, what I think we'd see is 90, what, I hate percentages because they're made up, but let's just do it anyway. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 95% of Christians that are in church today, that sang with a worship team, that did their thing, they've walked in a gate because they are one of his, but they ain't got nowhere near that court. And so they walk around purposeless, but being attacked. Can I just tell y'all something? And you can disagree with me if you want to, but I'm not apologizing. It's worse to be in the gate, but not in the court. Because outside of the gate, I never got attacked. But once I'm one of his, the enemy hates me and he wants to attack me because he knows that I have a name on my chest. And it's the name of Jesus. I've been called son. I've been set apart and marked. And the moment that I'm one of those, but I don't access boldly his throne room, I say, well, I'm yours, but I can do it on my own. When all hell breaks loose against me, when I've wondered why I sin so deeply, Am I preaching to anybody in here? When I wonder when I'm preaching so, <laughs> something like that. When I wonder why I'm sinning when I don't want to sin anymore, y'all. When I, when I look around and I go, why am I struggling in that area and I thought I'd be done with it? It's because I've walked in the gates, but I forgot to go in the courts. Because I need y'all to get this before I keep going. 
God's love for you doesn't change, and, he, and, and it can't. He's, it's impossible for God's love to be any greater for you. But he can't have fellowship, fellowship with sin. So the minute that I'm full of sin with an unrepentant heart, it doesn't mean that I'm lost because I'm telling you, John 9 tells me that once I'm his, no man can take me out of my father's grasp. It ain't you that saves you. It's the spirit of God that saves me because I, I have yielded my heart to him. But that doesn't mean that I did this morning. And so it, it means that I can be an absolute hellion and be saved. I think this will give you an idea of why. Because Jesus said in John chapter 10 that I'm the door, or I'm the gate. Just think about that picture of the ability to have access in and out of the courtyard, but not the courtroom. Like I thought about this this week. When I go to the courthouse, I get wanded, right? And I'm in the courthouse, but there's a special kind of something that has to happen for me to go in the courtroom and experience that judge, right? Because not everybody gets access in the courtroom just because you went in the courthouse. And so I could walk in there tomorrow, but unless I'm supposed to be on a big case or something's supposed to happen, unless it's a public hearing, I'm not allowed in. And that's where we get stuck is, is that, listen, it says this, and it's so powerful from the bad end to understand is those who come in through me will be saved. So we're his immediately, but then it says they will come and go freely, which means we're supposed to go out and reach the world with the gospel of Jesus. But when we fail to come back in, we get ourselves in trouble. And so I have free access. This is called free will. This is what God has granted to every person. It's why love's so important. It's why grace is so important. It's why understanding God's way. Why did God allow sin into the world? Because he wanted your heart that you chose, not that he made you do. He wanted my heart to freely worship him with all my heart and all my soul that I just every day say, God, I don't know why you love me, but you do. So I'm yours. You can have me. Whatever you choose to do, I'm yours. But whenever I say, this was an awesome service, I'm ready to go. And I've crept close to the courts, the decision-making room, the power of God, the spirit, the ruah, the, the abode of God is what that literally means, where his presence is felt, that I have access to every day. The minute that I creep in and then something difficult comes, I also can walk out. But that doesn't mean I've lost relationship, just fellowship. I've lost my access to be granted every single day, y'all. We have the ability to walk with God, but most, most, and I mean the vast majority, how do you know that? By our fruits, we're known. By our actions, what's in is revealed. So this is the power of it, that we get to go and, and find good pasture because here's the deal. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What's he trying to destroy, steal, and kill? He can't have you. So he wants to destroy your belief system, what you believe about you, more importantly, what you believe about God, that your current situation is your future, that that's where you're stuck and you can't find purpose outside of the courts because you'll believe what the enemy said about you. But once I enter in his presence, in his gates and then his courts, I don't believe the lies of the devil. Can I just tell y'all something? I'm gonna get a little bold right now. I know what God has said about me because he keeps telling me over and over. And the enemy will show me the world and show me what I see and show me that I'm not good enough to do this. I, I, I can't possibly lead a movement that I believe God's called me to lead. There's no way this can happen. And, but when I get back into his presence, I don't believe all that mess because it was never about Mark. It was about the king. It was about the one that decreed it to happen, that made it happen, that for every single person, every single one of you, he has an unbelievable 
Unbelievable destiny. Unbelievable destiny. A predetermined destination for your life. But most of us never access it. So we wander through the wilderness when the promised land is ours. It's mine. I don't have to wait. I don't have to beg. I just have to go in with a grateful heart, praising him, saying it was never about me. I don't care if they know my name. He, I don't want them to know your name, Lord. Just, just enter in his presence. And everything changes. Because they come to steal, kill, and destroy. But God's purpose is to give. Someone say give. Them rich and satisfying lives. One of our new core values, our culture, of four points. We prayed and we went over this, y'all. And we said, we believe this is who we are. One of our four things is we are open-handed. We are open-handed. Freely we receive, passionately we give and serve. And I'm pumped that the people that are closest to me, our volunteers, our staff, our leaders, I believe that this is who you are. And I celebrate that. But the reason that it's so difficult, I want to talk corporate church for a second. The reason it's so difficult for, to see people live open-handed lives is because, and I believe this, y'all, that money is the hardest issue when it comes to freedom with people. Because here's the deal. Some of y'all were listening to what I said, and as soon as I said the word money, you shut me off. And it's because you've heard people in the past say, you rob God, you rob God, you rob God. But that's not the issue in my opinion. The issue is it robs you. The issue is when you close your fist up, what it robs you of. The issue is the moment that you believe your life, your actions, and your wallet are not keys to access God. You've missed the whole point. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's really not your money. It's your heart. It's never been a money issue with people. They just close up and get hardened. And here's what breaks my heart, y'all. And I'm I care enough about you that I don't care if you hate my guts when you leave here. You don't have to give us $1 because God, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I'm a little bit crazy. I believe millionaires are coming to this church and they're going to grant us things that we can't even imagine. But it ain't about the millionaires, it's about our God. I believe that God's going to move in our lives like we can't even believe. I believe that we have a building already waiting for us and we've got lots of buildings and we've got places that we can't even believe and we're going to be able to feed people and we're going to be able to close. We're, there is not a, an amount that we can imagine what God's going to do. So, so they don't need my tithe for that to happen. Do y'all know that? It's not ever been about that because I promise you that ain't going to cover it. God just wants my heart. He'll provide the stuff. So whenever... Whenever I look at this as a, I've heard preaching before that I, that, that kind of, it turns my stomach because it's so manipulative. I just want to throw up because when, when I believe that I need yours and not that you need his, I've ruined you, me and everybody in between. I'm not into that. What I'm into is our God and you, and I know what he's got for you. I don't know the details, but I know what he's got for you. I believe that when Jesus spoke this, he meant it. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken. That oil is running over. It's not just a little bit because God's not a giver back. God is an outgiver. He's going to outgive anything that we can imagine. Because whatever I give, it will be put into my lap. For the measure that I use it, it'll be measured back to me. I believe God. I believe he's telling the truth, y'all. That anytime I've given, listen, listen, don't miss this. Anytime I've given, I say, all right, 
I'm gonna count to 10, it better be back to me. I've missed the whole point. This is something I get to do and I don't know the timing. I don't know what it looks like and it's not even thinking about money. He will give at the portion I'm faithful with when I can do it with a grateful heart saying, I'm entering your gates with thanksgiving, your courts with praise and I know this is part of it. I wanna show you how I know that getting to the courts has to do with my money. Ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring it. Y'all all say it, please. Even if you hate me, say it. Coming to his courts. Some of y'all have wondered for a long time why it feels like I can't, I can't hear from God. I can't get any access to God. I don't know what the deal is. And this is such a foreign concept to us that it makes us uncomfortable. The reason that I don't want to withhold this is not so that I can tell you what I do, because if y'all will know that I've never done that. That's my business with God. The reason I always finish service with, you ask God and not, you better do this, is because this is your, <laughs> this is an access point based on this right here to God. I don't care how little you got. I don't care how much you got. I'm not impressed with a billion dollars or $10. It ain't, it doesn't, it's God's. And this is directly tied to your life. Because Romans 12 said, our spiritual act of worship, which pleases God, is offering my body a living sacrifice. So this ain't the deal. This is just a means. This is the deal, and it's got to be tied to him. Because this is the point that whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully, this is on our, this is on our offering envelopes, will reap bountifully. Each person must give, say give. Everybody's got to give us. They've decided in their own heart. That's why I ask you the same question every week because God loves a cheerful giver. And as soon as I do it disgruntled, please listen to me. I love y'all so much. Please listen to me. Don't ever give a dollar if you're disgruntled or hateful in your heart. If you got to do it with gritted teeth, keep it because I love you. I don't love your money. I don't care about your money. I care about you. And I want you to have access to the courts. And if you do it with an ungrateful heart, you ain't no more close to God than the man on the moon is. But as soon as you can say, this is yours, this is yours, everything in my life is yours, I'm laying it down. I know that whatever measure I use my gift, my talents, and my resources in, you'll measure it back and then some, because it's not so people can see me, it's so I get to do it. That changes your life. Most people, most people give and they hate it because they just want God not to be mad at them. Y'all, God's never been mad at you for not giving. He's never been mad at me for not giving. He knows that I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. But I'd rather go with God and do it his way and give my first fruits to him and then get to give more than believe that I can carry it on my own. Here's the thing about money that's so fascinating, y'all. It's probably the easiest picture to understand because it's the quickest way to walk out. It's the quickest way to, to try to do it on our own. It's the quickest reason that people don't want to praise God because you feel the tension in the room, right? And if that's the case, that means that that's where the devil attacks us as much as anything in our lives because we believe that money can fix our problems. I'm just here to tell y'all that I would celebrate with y'all if y'all won the lottery, but it would ruin most of us because we would let that become what defines us and not that every person under the sound of my voice has access to the throne room of glory, of grace, of mercy, of beauty. So I want to close with this thought. 
because this is what you have access to every day. And you'll make a conscious decision in just a minute whether or not you'll take a first step or a next step to fellowship with God. A couple years ago, um, Austin and myself and a couple of the guys got to go to Orlando where his wife, Angela's uncle, is the executive vice president over all of Universal. So Universal Studios in Hollywood, whatever it's called, the two parks that are side by side, you go up and buy a ticket, I think it's about $100. We didn't have tickets. Uncle Scott's what I call him, said, come on in, do your thing. I got a badge for you. You get to park here, and all of a sudden you feel cool. I don't know if y'all have ever parked somewhere you're not supposed to park, and you're allowed to, right? You, all, you feel kind of cool. Like I parked, we parked under the Hornet Stadium a couple years ago, and it was a Bentley and Arkea. And I was like, that's right. <laughs> that's where we're supposed to be. So, so we park out back. We walk in. He's like, y'all come and go as you please. If you need me, text me. Y'all have a great time. And we're kind of feeling weird because he didn't give us a lot of instruction. My favorite ride there, and they might have new ones now, but it's still awesome. My favorite ride there is the Hulk. Huge, big roller coaster. Awesome. Some of y'all have been. And so I was like, let's, do, let's go do the Hulk. That'd be awesome. We walk up to the line and the people see our badges. Now, this is a true story. People see our badges and literally their countenance change because the people that, you know, they, they tell you where to go and they're giving you instruction 30 minutes from here, an hour from here, and you can do those fast pass things and people have them and they're getting to the front of the line and it's awesome and then they look at us and they straightened up. I, I, as God is my witness, I literally heard one say to the other, that's God's pass. He must, they must be with him. And we were like, that's right. <laughs> where I'm with. You're welcome. We didn't do the dab then, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right? So, so this is what they did. One of the two guys that were responsible for putting people in line said, come with me, sirs. That's right. I'll come with you. We walked through the exit. The people with the fast pass, he does like this. Wait just a second. Where would y'all like to sit? And I was like, Jesus, there is a God right now. I said, of the front? Are you kidding me? couple of them went in the back. We sat in the front. We go through the whole ride. We get done. Would y'all like to go again? And I was like, well, yes. <laughs> I rode the freaking Hulk 12 times that day, y'all. I was so tired. Literally, if I'd have had a dog on Fitbit or something, we didn't have that cool stuff a few years back. But if I'd have had that, I would have been, I mean, there's no tip. My feet were so tired. I bet we walked 20 miles. It was amazing. <laughs> we ate in this crazy restaurant that looked like a cave. And Uncle Scott says, eat whatever you want. And I was like, I'll get a chef salad. I'll have a filet. Thank you, Lord. I mean, we ate like kings. We were treated like everywhere we went. Free drinks, free this. And I was like, I'm important. Now, I don't know if y'all know this, but if I walked up to Universal Studios today and, and I said this, I know Scott. They'd be like, congrats, we all work for him. There's 30,000 of us that work for him. So you get a, you get a candy. I know him too. Because if I walked in without a name on my chest that was his name, I'm not important. Matter of fact, I'm going to pay $100 and I'm going to pay 15 or more for parking and I'm going to do all the same stuff that you do because I'm the same. We're all the same until there's a name that's put on me. But, but that name's not Scott's name. That name is the name of Jesus. That name's above all other names. That name is better than Scott's name. That name is better than any other name. Here's the deal. 
Revelation chapter 3, verse 8 says that there's, a, there's an open door, that he's opening doors that no man can shut, that I have an open door in my life, and the doors that I want granted and I want shut are only done by him. And whenever someone says, look how great they are, what they've missed is that it's not this guy or anyone else. It's that name that's great. But, and I have access where I wouldn't otherwise have access. How is that possible? Hebrews chapter 4 says that he gives me mercy and I find favor in my time of need. And then what's funny about favor or his goodness, his extension of himself to me is that sometimes it's so great that people hate you for it. And they'll, they'll be angry at your grace, at your favor. Just like the people with the fast passes were when I was in the front of the line. I'm just telling y'all right now, there wasn't one second Mark felt bad. I just kept on riding. When you get access to God, don't you ever feel bad. You just pour out everything that he's given you and you keep walking and you love it and you love life and you know that people will hate your guts and just keep on doing it. Just keep on doing it. Just keep on being his people, the sheep of his pasture that come and go when he says go, that flow with his flow and not our own flow, that, that we, we do the father's work, that it's not about what I do. It's about what he told me to do, where he tells me to go, what he tells me to give, how he tells me to serve. And if I miss that, it doesn't matter how much I do. Don't miss this. It doesn't matter how great I preach today if he didn't say to do it. So I just want what he said so that I can walk around with that badge and know that if you hate my guts, it doesn't matter because I still have access where he's told me to go and I'll do my father's work. And the kingdom will come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's the reason I'm passionate about this message. You don't have to stay in the courtyard anymore, Christian. You get to go into the courts with thanksgiving and a praise. But you can't praise after something good happens. You got to praise on the front end. You praise before something happens. You praise him in the evening. You praise him in the noontime. You praise him in the morning and all day long. There's not one thing that ever comes in my way that keeps my praise from me. There's nothing that can rob my joy from me. Only I can walk away from joy and walk away from praise and walk away from presence. That's the only way that we lose access because it's ours. Tap your neighbor and say, it's mine. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, it's mine. So here's the invitation. I want y'all to hear this before I ask you to close your eyes. Some of y'all have heard what I've said and you've heard a message before, but you've never walked through the gates. And there's this cool thing in Revelation that teaches us that one day when we die, there'll be these big gates that are made of individual pearls, 12 of them. Can't imagine how massive these things are that we get to walk through when we're his forever. Only his children, his sheep, get to enter into his gates every day and then his heaven one day. That's only people that have said, I believe you died and you rose again so that I could have life in your name. You paid the price for my sins, so I'm no longer a sinner, but I'm saved. I'm righteous in Jesus' name. And I believe there's plenty of people listening to my words right now that, that don't know Jesus. Here's your opportunity. I'm ready to enter into his gates. I'm ready to trust him as savior. I'm ready to accept the fact that he did what he did so that I could have life and just simply love him back. That is salvation. His blood was shed so that you could be free. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes?
I just want to know in this room who that is. I believe I'm talking to some people in here. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what your last name is. I just know this. The only thing that matters is if you're his. If you've done business with God and you've said, I want to follow you. I'm tired of living a life that is so tied up and hard. And I want to be free in Jesus' name. I choose to follow you and make you Lord of my life. If that's you and you want to enter those gates... You want to say yes to Jesus. I just want you to throw your hand up wherever you are in the room. Nothing magical. Just say, that's me, Pastor. We had three, I think, in the first service acknowledge that they wanted to do that for the very first time. And I just wonder who it is in here. I believe there's people for the very first time that need to begin a relationship with God through Jesus right now. If that's you, just throw your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. Where are you? That's me, Pastor. I need to do that. I'm ready to walk with God right this second and start a relationship with him. Praise the Lord. I believe that most of you have followed Jesus. So this is the question. Is there anybody in here? I'm not going to ask you to move. You can move if God tells you to. You can make this your altar and kneel down. But I just want to know, is there anybody who would say, I've been in the gates and I'm one of his, but I'm ready to make a commitment that every day, starting with right now and then tomorrow, I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I'm going to be his. I'm going to access what God has for me because it's never been about me. It's always been about Jesus. And I just want to make that commitment right now. If that's you, just throw your hand up wherever you are and say, that's me, and put it right back down. Thank you. God, you see our hands, but more importantly, you know our hearts. I just thank you for the truth of Scripture, God, that you choose not to hold our past against us. You choose not to name us what our last name is or what our first name is. You choose to name us son and daughter. You choose to call us yours. And I'm just thankful, Lord, today. So God, right now, I just pray a blessing over every person in this room that your face will shine upon them, that they will have a heart that is so yearned. And I will, Lord, have a heart that's so yearning and yielding to you that every time we move, every time we breathe, every time we go through life, when our kids are getting on our nerves, when life is falling apart, when our parents are overwhelming us, no matter what the situation is, when hardships come, we remember your steadfast love endures forever. And your faithfulness never ends. And we get to have a walk with you in fellowship, arm in arm, every single day. And so God, we just commit ourselves to you because we believe that you'll do things that we cannot even ask or imagine when we're in Christ. We love you, Jesus, and we stand and praise the name that's above every name because you are so good, you are so great, and we love you. So we praise you in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. If you're getting baptized, you can exit out right now and get changed, and everybody else, y'all stand and sing with us.